0: 15th, 2020, day 35. We now live four miles south of where my dad grew up in Yonkers. The Bronx is still new to us. We've been in this apartment less than two months and over half of that time in quarantine. We have stalled lists, get new light switches, decide on a couch, dining table, replace the screens with the weird holes in the bottom and so on. Setting up our life normally is out of reach. 35 days in, routines and new normals emerge. Outside our windows we don't know what normal is because as New Bronx residents we don't know what to expect and things seem to keep shifting. The streets below empty out and then fill with cars and waves. Pedestrians come and go. Ultimately, we lose any sense of a baseline for comparison. Sometimes the only clue that things are different outside are the masks on everybody's faces. The new normal seeps in like a cold draft as we observe the instability outside our windows. My father told me a story on the phone this Easter. Growing up four miles north of here, they had several large maple trees in front of the house. Starlings like to perch there by the thousands, damaging the trees and leaving significant droppings in the driveways below. The grandfather I never met enlisted my father in a fruitless quest to scare the birds away, at one point even wiring a doorbell in the trees to a button in the house. My dad said the birds would blacken the sky, their song creating a tremendous noise one day after many years they just left the maple trees are no longer there but the house is my dad and his family left long ago years pass like the beats of a bird's wing and i find myself here stones throw away from my father's youth the encapsulated optimism of the baby boom fully replaced with this liminal stasis awash in a corona anxiety, this is our still-yet-to-be-named era. Through some generational geographic ebb and flow, I am here, and so are the starlings. These birds captured our attention immediately when we moved in. They sit high in the tulip tree, tenacious enough to scare off a hawk sing on our fire escape, occasionally loud enough that we wonder if they made their way inside. We've learned they are excellent mimics, singing elements from songs from other species or even man-made noises. Just delightful and cheery. The most we have seen at any one time has been around 30, maybe 40. Normally no more than half a dozen. What is normal? Sixty years ago, flocks of thousands were a nuisance to my grandfather. Now 30 can spark awe in the same bloodline. Starlings have dropped in numbers since then, but there is not much concern. The International Union for Conservation of Nature has placed them on their list of the world's 100 worst invasive species. Some suggest the starling is responsible for the decline of the state bird of New York the Eastern Bluebird. Maybe I still will see thousands of starlings in this landscape, but I am doubtful. feels strange to mourn that. Starlings are an introduced species in North America. The original population supposedly stems from the president of the American Acclimatization Society, a Mr. Eugene Sheflin. He released 60 birds in Central Park in 1890, He was motivated to introduce every bird mentioned in Shakespeare's plays. The starling was his most successful attempt. The group's mission was to bring European flora and fauna to the U.S. for economic and cultural reasons, drastically impacting our ecological future. Sheflin, himself a Bronx resident, is viewed by modern biologists as an eccentric at best or a lunatic at worst current normal is always a result of the decisions and mistakes contained within the norms of the past. Some recent studies have suggested North America has lost 30% of the bird population since 1970. It is hard to notice species loss and equally hard to draw conclusions from anecdotal evidence. We have to widen our view thinking how quickly norms can shift, and how quickly we don't even know what we've lost. Shifting norms are the result of our own process of acclimation. We are good at it. It is a weird term that obscures profound changes underneath a masquerade of stability. And the term is all over the news now. Things seem to shift easily and swiftly when something is lost, and slowly with difficulty when something is gained. This adaptive response to trauma and the attendant numbness is what concerns me. Though I can't help but contrast it against the massive yet so far failed effort to shift the norm to guaranteed healthcare in this country, slow and difficult. I'm confused by this overlap, how shifting norms can contain loss and progress, depending on your view. To go forward, you must leave something behind. I feel myself acclimating on this 35th day of my social distancing. The shock is wearing off, which feels ridiculous to say. There were over 700 deaths a day this past week in the city. One out of every 800 New Yorkers has died from this virus. Bronx residents are twice as likely to die from coronavirus. The situation is even bleaker in prisons. Like Rikers Island, and our potter's fields are burying folks at five times the normal rate. Somehow I find myself getting bored by Andrew Cuomo press conferences, even as he fights with the president. This is the numbing power of normal that makes us forget the power struggles and inequities, the sadness and the strife, the losses and the victories. Meanwhile, the language of business continues to acclimate, but we don't need any more numbness there. We are living in the midst of massive change. Norms may shift more than we can currently imagine and erode more of what we value than we are prepared to lose. We cannot be lulled into numbness, especially now. Learn to hold on to what you can and grieve what you must remember what things were once like I have flashes of what life was like before the internet but can hardly describe it in any meaningful way to my 14 year old nephew maintain a panoramic perspective and resist the narrowing of acclimation here I hesitantly borrow from the language of business because it seems as if they are quicker at sharpening their language on how to shape the future proactive, not reactive. But we are human beings, and to me that means being with. What that with refers to seems to be an important question. This morning I figured out the perplexing holes in the bottom of the window screens. There on the ledge was a starling looking back at me. I swear it was smiling.